0: Welcome to Day Beautiful, I'm Adam Vitkavich and this is a podcast where readers can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check out daybeautiful.net for more author interviews and book recommendations. You can also follow us on social media at Day Beautiful on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Today's guest is from a cluster of small towns just north of Nashville, Tennessee. She writes fictions, essays, and teaches in the undergraduate creative writing department at Columbia University. Her debut novel, Jonathan Abernathy, You Are Kind, is out now. Please welcome Molly McGee. Hey, Molly. How you doing today?
1: I'm alive and well. Thanks I for asking. <laughs> yeah,
0: here we are, alive and well. Um, your book will be out soon. It'll be out when the podcast comes out. Uh, tell readers a little bit about um, your characters and your book and everything.
1: My book is called Jonathan Abernathy, You Are Kind, and it is about a young, sweet dumbass who is in a lot of debt. Uh, He gets into a loan forgiveness program that he thinks is going to change his life, but then it ends up being a little more than he bargained for. He finds out that he has to go into the dreams of white-collar workers And remove anything that's causing anxiety or depression so they can work more effectively the next day. But as things go on, the dreams start to become his reality. And he can't exactly tell um, what it is he wants and what other people want and how to navigate that.
0: Yeah, I really love jonathan i know he's a loser i know he is he's someone... my loser yeah that's how i felt i feel i you graduated college in 2011 and like 2012 a, yeah and then i became a teacher and i was a white guy so like people kept giving me credit cards and i was like they should have do that to people in their 20s you graduated in
1: 2011 yeah oh my god wait okay so we were kind oh of yeah in- okay yeah i know girl so-
0: so you understand what <laughs> happened to our, like, early 20s and, like, how there was no Yeah,
1: I was, like, a credit guy. Well, I got really lucky in that my school at the time had um, financial, like, teaching. And so yeah. I was a teacher in this program for my duration of college. It was part of my scholarship. And so I worked, um, actually, like, one of my most interesting jobs that I've had is that I worked with refugees, teaching them about the sort of debt and credit systems in America they are so predatory so I'm not surprised that happened to you especially if nobody taught you
0: no yeah I mean it's just like whatever everyone has credit cards but um yeah anyway so I connected with Jonathan not the dream stuff not the I mean I don't know how how big of a loser I am but probably a little Um, you don't seem
1: like a loser to me
0: I love it um (laughs) So you, yeah, you you graduated in the early two thousands from undergrad or like mid aughts, whatever that time period is, right? No,
1: I graduated from in, from undergrad in twenty twelve.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's yeah, the yeah. early two thousands to me. I don't know I any. Mean, okay, the yeah, anymore? yeah, we're
1: far enough away.
0: Yeah. And Then you got your MFA. Did you do it right away?
1: No, I took a year off. I was working at McSweeney's at the time, mm-hmm. doing their like internet stuff. um and I took a year off to take care of my mom and try to write a novel I was a barista I was working at McSweeney's I was taking care of my mama I was writing a novel that never saw the light of day
0: sure what was that novel like what interested you in like 2012 2013
1: oh my gosh I worked on it for five years oh okay um so so it was you know I have kind I'm doing a lot of interviews for this like sort of press circuit and Mm -hmm. Um, what I will say about that one is that it's just pure heartbreak
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm glad it's not my first. Yeah. So
0: nothing is anything similar, any theme similar to Jonathan Abernathy? Anything? It's that a lot made-
1: about work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm. I tend to be interested in like it's somewhat, I'm very early in my career, but sure, from yeah. what I seem to be picking up on the themes in my own writing is like very interesting in life very interested in life death love work so everything everybody else has already done
0: well everything's already been done I feel you just have to find a new way to say it right
1: I guess so yeah um
0: at your MFA so is that novel like your preoccupation during your MFA during your like those those early So years. I
1: wasn't gonna go get an MFA and then my editor at McSweeney's told me I was wasting my life.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: Um and I was like, wow, okay. Uh, and she wrote me a recommendation letter. And I actually couldn't finish my application to the MFA program because it cost so much money. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was like a crazy amount just to submit your application. So I finished it, but I never submitted it. Um, and I never paid the fee. And then I got, um, on Easter, I was day drinking for Jesus mm-hmm. and I got a call from Ben Marcus, like Molly, I hear you're wasting your life. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and I ended up going to Columbia while I was there. Um, I did focus a lot of my novel, but I never workshopped it. I workshopped short stories, Mm -hmm. uh, which are frankly the bane of my existence. And I just really love reading and learning. And so that was really my whole focus. I don't know if I, what I will say is I went to my MFA program. I didn't go to undergrad to study English. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought an MFA program was going to be more like what I now understand as an English master's degree. Um, and it wasn't like that. So that was sort of, like, surprising to me. Um, but, yeah, I ended up working on my... I was on my MFA. I worked. I got scholarship. I still was in a lot of debt. And I ended up working at FSG during mm-hmm. that time under Sean McDonald and Jenna Johnson. Um, and I was working on books like Severance by Ling Ma and the Annihilation series by Jeff Vandermeer. And then I started teaching. um, And 2020 happened. (laughs) And I ended up finishing my novel, my first one, right as the pandemic hit and right as my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that novel for me just is very much like a symbol of my failures, I guess, if that makes sense. And I sort of wrote Jonathan Abernathy, like in that despair <laughs> yeah so which sounds like a little a little weird but whatever
0: oh <laughs> it well, makes sense so uh going back a little bit i'm sorry to hear about your mother um just say that but going back a little bit uh so like ms uh fsg when you're working in like the editorial department w- what's that look like, How, like what do you learn from that
1: i was in the editorial department it was really strange because i was an intern uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: um but i was like more like functioning like an assistant to the assistants. Mm -hmm. I worked actually with Maya Binyam, who has a novel out now called Hangman, which is wonderful. I worked with her. And then I worked with Sarah Birmingham, who I just adore. I think she's a brilliant editor. Um, And I was like the only intern that was just on the editorial side of the desks. And I was working something like 30 Hours a week. It was kind of crazy. It was one of those situations where they like call you an intern and you're like not an intern.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about editorial practices, what books get um, read and when, agent submissions. It honestly, the most enlightening thing I learned there was about publishing politics. I learned I was there when um, the Lauren Stein. Paris review sort of thing was going on and it was really in an education
0: and sort of how
1: the inside of this industry works
0: yeah yeah i find that part of the industry super fascinating i feel like the beautiful touches on it a lot with writers from the writing perspective obviously um just, you know, going through the process, I just read uh, Vihini Vara, who was the Pulitzer Prize finalist for
1: right um, her novel. I Did at, you
0: see her Twitter thread recently? About I just, just
1: saw that. I've been following her for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at McSweeney's, I actually, like, wanted... Uh, I got a story from that collection for McSweeney's. Mm. So I'm very proud of her. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah, she yeah, probably yeah. doesn't even know who I am, but I feel like I'm, like... Cause I remember writing those emails, like, cause it was a very avant-garde story. She's kind of an avant-garde writer and there was a lot of editorial back and forth at the time. And I just remember having to like, really like funny,
0: (laughs) funny.
1: let's go, you know? So yeah, yeah. Her thread's kind of crazy, but I do think it is indicative of sort of the, I don't know, everything is politics.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's always like, it. yeah, this is great writing, and it's such an amazing story. But can I sell it? Like, and it's so fascinating.
1: Yeah, because it's just like what I think people don't realize is that you are only interfacing with editors, and they are paid to be the public face of the company. Mm-hmm. But actually, they're not making most <laughs> of the decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's more they're. I think publishing uh, houses are run more like a, a business than people realize.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and then yeah, so you, you you go through this like internship where you're really a full time employee almost. Um then everything happens and Jonathan Abernathy is born. What was the first like pieces of this puzzle for this story? Like it was it him was it the idea of what
1: well so I left FSG and then I went to work at a place called Tor, mm-hmm. um, which is a science fiction and fantasy um, publisher. And I worked on like authors like Brandon Sanderson and Holly Black, B.E. Schwab, Olive mm-hmm. Blake. And while I was there, um, that is when my mom passed away, mm-hmm. and when sort of COVID lockdown happened, and I suddenly found myself like in this really strange position where my work was overcoming my life in a really serious way. Um, And I started having nightmares during this time, like really bad, 50 visceral nightmares. And that is where the idea for Jonathan expanded. I had originally written it during a period of like extreme stress as a short story when I was at FSG and at Columbia. But at that time it was only like 30 pages. And then after my mom passed away, that is when those nightmares started reoccurring for me. And I focused um, a lot of time and attention and trying to translate them onto the page. So, I think I woke up at like 5 a.m. every morning and wrote until 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. and then went to work until 5 p.m. or wow. 6 p.m. and then wrote until 9 p.m.
0: yeah I
1: was very much like I didn't want to see anybody I was yeah. sad <laughs>
0: yeah I feel ya. this may be a dumb question but like did it feel healthy or unhealthy while writing
1: it was not healthy no does that sound healthy to you Adam
0: well I don't know but maybe (laughs) maybe it helps like your heart and your mind and your soul I think it
1: helped me survive a lot Mm. of the things I was going through um there was a lot of you know some stuff I don't want to discuss publicly but it was just um I really felt like I was in hell (laughs) (laughs) I was like and my book had that I had written for five years, you know, had just gone out during the pandemic and everyone was like, this is too experimental. Um, my mom had just passed away. I felt like I had spent all the time that I had should have spent with her working on a novel that had failed. Um, my bosses were like, hey, we need you back at work. And I actually ended up missing my own mother's fucking. I, my sister, you know, um, is a little, is, has some, has, what do I want to say? Um, her health is delicate. And so I am, I really help her out monetarily. And there was like no choice except for me to go back to work. And that sort of really bleak reality of like the world ending, um, and me having to log on to little databases every day yeah, to update author pronouns and bios and send emails to CEOs who just don't care, mm-hmm. like was just a little, a little much for me to handle at the time. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I appreciate I, you being so like open and honest and, and raw about that time period.
1: I think it's important and also frankly I'm just really bad at lying. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> yeah. something
1: I'm like trying to work on, on Press Store is like okay what's the you know the balance of telling yeah. the truth and and keeping things private and being public and Yeah. I'm going to be honest Adam I'm just really bad at <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah being a diplomat <laughs> yeah it, yeah i i mean i appreciate it it is interesting like listening So i'll read interviews with people i've talked to over like the next few months and years and it's like and i know those are more edited than this like one-on-one raw podcast but it's like oh they figured out like the spin they need or like the they right, figured
1: it out yeah, yeah i really want to figure it out i'm <laughs> nah. like please god let me figure it out but so <laughs> far i haven't been able to
0: yeah uh, well yeah, whatever. Um I just I, I feel mean, like
1: I'm talking to you like as a this this is the thing is I'm not media trained. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I don't think any authors really are. And I no. and, and th- that's a good lesson for anyone listening who like thinks they have to have it all figured out, probably won't until like book three. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's just like one of the most embarrassing processes like about this whole thing is that I have to learn in public and so i'm hmm. like saying these things in these interviews and then later i'm like what did i do <laughs> yeah
0: i said on a podcast recently i forgot who i was talking to i was like i think i understand this will never happen but i think they should not let authors do interviews until they go on book tour and like have like you know thirty hundred people mini sessions of interviews and then they can have things published of what they said
1: yeah <laughs> well because it's like right now i can't even conceive of anyone reading my book. Like it's so (laughs) I've been working on it for so long, so alone. I'm like, this isn't real. La la la.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When uh speaking of writing it, when did it feel real? When did it feel like you had something that maybe could be published as opposed to the first five year try?
1: I'm gonna be totally honest, it still doesn't feel that way. This is the thing is I think I'm really lucky that I am now a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I think being a teacher and working with so many authors in my career, it has made me realize that nobody ever finishes something how to their 100% satisfaction. Like it, there's this, you know, this really interesting essay that I love by Cesar area that's in the parish review. And he doesn't edit at all, which I edit. I really believe in editing, but he writes that, um, he writes this metaphor about a spring, how when we first like compress the spring, it only takes a modicum of energy to just compress it. But once it's reached its maximum level of compression, it takes double or triple or quadruple the initial force to make it go down just one millimeter further. And I tend to think of novels in that way. Um, I think, you know, we can get them to 85%, 90%, some of us are very, very lucky, and we can get them to 95%. But for us to get a book to 100% exactly as we want it, it would take probably 30 years, Mm -hmm. like it would take a long time. And I don't know if um, that's useful for anyone, you can't stay stuck in the past, you know, you have to move forward to a certain degree. So For me, when I felt like it was done or not done, but when I felt like I had translated the idea to the best of my ability, I think probably was right around the time where I was realizing that I was not, I could not continue with my job. So I kind of think of novels as, as, as a method of processing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't, you know, you never know how it's going to come out, but it seemed to have a one-to-one relation with me, you know, joining this workforce and leaving this workforce. And I probably did about four drafts, five drafts, but I also am really lucky. I have a partner who loves me. And my partner was like, mm, Girl, Molly, yeah. <laughs> it's time. You know, it's like time to let this one go. Um, I'm really lucky that I got to work on it some more in the editorial process. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing is like, I, I really don't think, I think short stories can be perfect, but I think novels are always. Yeah, imperfect so you just have to reach a point where you are comfortable being imperfect publicly mm-hmm.
0: what, what was that editing and revising process like once it was sold once it's in the editorial process what were you looking for what was being touched on
1: you know I have been an editor so I know that I knew I think a lot of authors go into their editorial relationship being nervous right Mm -hmm. because they're like oh my god is this going to still be my project like what's gonna what are they gonna make me do um but i knew that i didn't have to do anything and that editors are actually there to help speed up that process that would naturally take 10 or 15 years Mm. and the way a very good editor in my opinion does that is by asking the right questions so i was very lucky i got to work with Kashani at Fourth Estate, who is Yi Yun Lee's editor. And I think she's a genius. And when she read my manuscript, she asked me just a couple of questions, maybe like six questions throughout the manuscript. And those questions helped me realize what the symptoms of the problem were. And then I could sort of go in and think about it really deeply and decide how I wanted to treat those symptoms. Um, Sometimes when I'm explaining this process in my undergrad class, I ask them if they've ever seen the show House. Have Mm -hmm. you seen the show House? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, you know how he has that like team and they're always like, there's a cough, it's an ear infection. Like They have this. And House is like, no, you don't understand the patient like I do. It's actually this. Um, I feel like writing a novel is like your house like you can listen to all of the professionals like they can really help you understand what the symptoms are like what is going on and then it is your job as the writer to think very deeply about Mm -hmm. um the questions being raised and what sort of makes i mean this is also personal right like it's like Mm -hmm when we're writing novels, we're writing our version of what a novel looks like. Yeah. And each of us have a different conception of what a novel is. Um, it's why well, it's such a beautiful yeah. process, but can be so, <laughs> so like um, obsessive obsession inducing um, because it, you can only really rely on yourself. It's not like any other art medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at least painting, you know, you paint it yourself, but you need, like, you have to buy the paint. And you have, yeah. to, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, with writing, it's literally just a compendium of all the words and stories you've ever heard and thinking about it very deeply.
0: Yeah. This process seemed to go quicker. I mean, so novel one or the unpublished try was five years you said and this kind of started around covid and now is being published at the end of 2023
1: well i started it in 20 it. i want to say 18 oh, and okay. I thought Got about it. it. for a really long time Got it. so you know the thing about writing is that we are working on stories in our head before we sit down on the page mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um I think the only reason I got to put it on the page so quickly is because I did have just two years of thinking when I wrote the short story. uh, I had a meeting with Ben afterwards and he was like, Molly, this is a novel. This is not a short story. Um, And he was really trying to tell me something, but at the time I would not listen. I just really, really like wanted to be a short story writer cause I love short stories so much, but um, much to my chagrin, it turned out I was a novelist. So, <laughs> um, and so for two years, I just really thought about that advice and thought about like, well, what would it look like as a novel? And then, um, you know, then it, it came to me while well. I'm very visual. And so I sort of like found the answer through Streaming? I
0: don't know how does inspiration work so weird yeah how does it work um yeah I found that so amazing I I really love the book I think it really showed me a lot of like how I think about things um and how I connect with the world and and yeah I just really I really connect with Jonathan Abernathy in ways maybe I wasn't supposed to or I was supposed to no, who knows no, yeah It's it's
1: all the thing about writing is you do it alone Mm -hmm. but the thing about reading is that you know what i mean it's a partnership and it's like however you came to the book is how the book is meant to find you that's Mm -hmm. how books work um you know i'm an author i'm doing all these like chats or whatever the fuck but it's like i don't really matter what matters is your experience with the text and your you know emotional experience with the text Mm -hmm. and I can try my best to execute and um you know try to achieve my out like my goals which is that I want to show you know this thing but it's all about the reader so, I don't think there's any suppose. I know some authors think they're supposed to and not supposed to, but we all live such different lives. I can't control how you're going to read.
0: Yeah. Book. yeah. <laughs> Nor should yeah.
1: I. How dare I? You know, like that's <laughs> not um, my job. <laughs> For
0: sure. And then, um, Thank you for spending the time talking to me. Uh, Like I said, I try to keep these relatively short. And now I'm wondering, like, you know, I connect with your book. What books recently have you connected with? If you can name any, because I know talking about books is hard. (laughs)
1: Talking about books is hard. Um, I really connected recently with Hillary Leichter's terra story. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of Lecter's work. Um, and then I also just really loved um Chain Gang All-Stars, which everybody's talking about.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I think it's like a really beautiful uh uh piece of like a work that examines the world that we live in. And uh Really, that we can't, we're not brave enough to face head on, and gives us a framework for us yeah. to sort of think about those problems. Yeah, I just think it's just excellent.
0: Oh, I, yeah, I it is it blew my mind. I like I read it before it came out because I got a copy, and then the day it came out, I was just talking like everyone needs to read this. Everyone needs to read this. uh Probably one of my favorite books in the past mm-hmm. decade. Um. With Hillary Lighter's oh, book. Oh
1: yeah, I I mean I love Nana so.
0: Yeah. Like oh yeah. Book. So amazing. With H- Hillary's book, um, Terror Story. I'm assuming you liked Temporary because it dealt with workplace stuff.
1: I did. I really enjoyed Temporary. And um, Terror Story. What I love about Hillary's writing is how precisely she comes to language. Mm-hmm. So everything I love about Italo Calvino, I feel like I can get from Hilary Lester book, yeah. um, but modern, which is fan- fantastic. And just like, it's so beautiful. It's truly like a poetic experience. It's almost like, um, I would say if you're a words person. Yeah then you should pick up Tara's Story. If you are someone who, like, loves to bathe in the sentence, like, Tara's Story is going to be a book for you.
0: Thank you to Molly McGee for joining the Day Beautiful podcast to discuss her debut novel, Jonathan Abernathy. You are kind. You can find her on the internet at mollymcgee.com, on Twitter at mollymcgee, and on Instagram at Magee Molly. You can get her debut novel now wherever you get your books, at the bookstores, bookshop.org, or those are really the only two places I recommend. You can find Day Beautiful at daybeautiful.net, and on all social media at Day Beautiful. And as always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful.